Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Yeah, mate, let's do it. All right, grabbing the mic, I'm holding it tight. I got it in sight, aiming the tunnel, but I'm gonna avoid in the light. I am a lion, I am a main, I am just bringing the pain I cannot, cannot be tamed, I'm on the mic and I'm bringing the fame Who gonna take me, who gonna break me, grabbing the mic and they never debate me I'm on the rugby pod still in the show Cause this big bearded man can just flow So let's just end it with something to sliver I hold the mic and I'm never gonna take it I grab the mic and my body will shake it I grab the mic, the prophecy I forsake it So let me just finish it soon Popping this track like it's a balloon I'm built like a prop, I open the shop I grab the mic and the beacon to pop mm. Boom, get, 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 get rid of Jim Hamilton He's gotta go, we got the cops in the house Sorry the gym, I'm on the track They're never ever gonna call you back I lace the track and that is a fact I got this shit, it is a rap Ah, busting the cap, busting the slow, busting the show I just be rocking Jim Hamilton's though I grab the mic like a fiddle I could just rap all day little by little But we got a pod to record, it's critical we do have a pod to record, and that is Alex Corbazero. Thank you very much for coming on the show. What a legend! I asked for a beat, you delivered, so why not? Jim who? Coming in for Jim Hamilton, who? replacing us. I'm I here have, with Goody and I, Alex Corbazero today for Rugby Pod. I have never heard of Jim Hamilton. Who is he? I don't wow. know, mate. Got the Corbs in the house. He's double I'll, melted today. How good was that? What so, a ledge. So you're here on tour, or what? What's I am happening? back for all of February. I do come back and forth a little bit at the moment, but f- for this month, I'm in the UK... Usually, obviously, more stateside with NBC, with the Winter Olympics on. Our Six Nation coverage is online, so for this month, I'm back here. I was at the England game yesterday. A few other opportunities over here, and I get to see you guys. Boom. Get rid of Jim. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's, it's amazing to have <laughs> you end. on. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to you. Just quickly, thanks to Rugby Pass for their help with the pod. Um, you can watch the show on rugbypass.com and Guinness for their help with the live shows. Uh, check out eventbrite.co.uk for all the latest shows. We're in Edinburgh next week. Uh, we've sold out the Thursday show on the 22nd, but there's still tickets uh, for the 21st, which is on the Wednesday. Wednesday the night before if anyone wants to come along and we've just announced our Dublin live show next month uh, which is going to be on Thursday the 8th of March in partnership with the legal and finance network Uh, so go to eventbrite.co.uk if you fancy coming along to that one as well. I mean let's just start off with MC Corbs. You guys are on fire though okay my rap was decent but you guys you got events in Dublin live events everywhere this pod is popping off. Jim just wants to get away from his twins doesn't he and his kids. (laughs) He's on holiday this week, Jim, isn't he? Yeah, he is on holiday. He's in Dubai. He's got the melted wheelie bin out. You know, he, he texts me. He's like, mate, I'm getting on the plane. I'm sending the missus and the kids right, and I'm turning left. What a big dog. And then we've got Corbs in, and Jim ain't ever coming back. Not after that. Anyone come at you and said, right, record deal? Let's no, but I, I honestly would be open bars. to it, because I can, I can, my, my mind can connect the words. Right, let's okay? get him a deal, and I'm having 20%. Commission! From about 12.13, I realised I could kind of do it, and from there it's just growing like my brain can connect the next line like it's i'm always one ahead in my head and, I, and it somehow works That's i don't amazing. know how to i don't know how to explain it i've just been able to so do it since i was young corb's brain goes that way my brain goes where's my next chocolate bar coming from <laughs> just defying the mold of the average prop you know what i'm saying speaking of uh being the average prop have you have you thought about coming back because there's uh been a- um yeah there's always the twitter stuff and uh no i'm officially done there was times where i really thought i might come back for a little cameo there was times when i stopped where i was definitely sure i was going to come back but um i just think the way life 
works out sometimes. It was a little bit of a roundabout way of how I got to where I am now, some ups and downs, but I'm pretty happy with how things are going. And I, and I think I'm happy to sort of leaving playing behind me. And to be honest, I watch like games like England Wales on the weekend and I don't want to physically go through that anymore. That was, that was a war and, and, and I've been through enough and I'm happy with what I've done and I'm, and I'm happy just to enjoy the sport now. But you've turned up here with a uh, very healthy-looking meal. I'm trying to stay strict with my food. Obviously, a big man. He's got like a salad and shit. What's that? It's chipotle. What's or that? Chipotle. However you What's say that? it. Lettuce. Lettuce. Avocado. What peppers. That? I got. No, I just. I got no rice and beans or cheese, and I just got the avocado veg. Salad, so why are you trying to chicken. trying so hard to stay in shape? Goody's uh, sitting next to I like, beer. yeah, look at the state. Of, no, but Goody's, <laughs> Goody's <laughs> like, he's obviously, his life is, he, he's good. He's got his life, his wife, his kids, he's settled. I, I live down in Miami. I'm single. I travel around, and I think it's just, I still want to look after myself for a bit of time being. I'm not you, ready to, to you sort of pull, I don't look pull after the myself plug. I think you could do a little bit more, mate. I think <laughs> we could do a little bit more. Hell of a lot more. I'm, I'm yeah. getting my knee done on Wednesday. I'm so. not hating it. I'm not no. hating it because you're going well. I'm just, I just uh, think we're at different junctions of yeah. the life. He, he well, I'm still trying to watch. And I'm, he lives at South Beach. South Beach, you've got to get your rig out. That's why That's I live in Gerald's Cross. Shirts are off a lot in Florida. You know, as a prop, you're never going to be chiseled. But if you kind of keep things semi-tight, Unless you're Max Laheef, uh, you keep it or Autorak, you keep it semi tight, you're not too bad. I mean, what about those boys? Mate, if I had those genetics, like, life would be so sweet. Because <laughs> I, I love Max Laheef, trained with him, played with him, um, such are, a good Irish, guy, Irish, Irish together, yeah. academy. He is just a freak. We would do the same weights, eat the same things, and he would look like Schwarzenegger, and I would look like a melted candle. He's got a shit hairdo, though, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Sort his lid out. Come on. It, what is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's best just when he shaves it all off. <laughs> so, what exactly are you doing over in the States at the moment? So, I work for NBC Sports. So, I have. They're showing the Six Nations. Six aren't Nations. They? This year's a little interrupted with the Winter Olympics, but for the next four or five years, I believe we'll be showing the Six Nations, which is huge for rugby in America. Show Premiership Rugby Weekly. Um, we've signed the next two World Cups, and there's also some other exciting properties that are going to get announced soon that are coming, I think, that are, aren't ready to be finalized. But it's, it's looking really good. NBC are very involved in the rugby landscape in America. They're trying to be the destination where people come to watch. And, and, and I think we're, we're slowly starting to do well. I think the, the Six Nations this year was a big... Um, momentum builder for us it's just so iconic so many people know it Any, and there's so many people in America who have um, family heritages in, in all of the six six countries that are represented and so it really is a special tournament that I think it's been huge for us to be able to bring to America do you need a wingman? because it's you and Dan Lyle a lot isn't it? yes Dan so Lyle what I'm saying is there's two forwards you need a back in there I think I think eventually we will have a back in there strengthen yeah. it baby I think so mate so how's it been received, the, the Six Nations? It's been, it's been really good, the Six Nations. I think the Premiership Rugby was received well, and we had a loyal, real hardcore base of fans, and we've been slowly growing. But the Six Nations has, has changed the game. As far as rugby goes, where's the US at? It's actually quietly doing reasonably well. The participation rates of, of rugby in America, I think, are huge. I don't know the exact figures, but the participation rate is at a very high rate. Um, and the Major League Rugby League that's just launching this year is actually looking quite promising. It's not It's never. It's not going to be an overnight success, but I think the model they have this time is much better than the one before. The, the teams look like they're more or less here to stay. So I actually think there's a lot of moving parts. The Eagles just did very well beating an Argentina 15 and then beating Canada in their sort of American Six Nations series. And I think the game's moving. I think that, that professional league in a few years is actually going to look very attractive to people all over the world. When you, when you talk about that professional league, because they've already had a go at uh, Yeah, so they did play league, Rugby USA. 
Oh, no, no. Um, they did pro rugby or whatever yeah. it was called. But I think the problem they had with that is it was one guy owned the whole league, right. the whole rights, and kind of when him and USA Rugby had a little bit of a falling out, it packed up and disappeared. Okay. Where now it's individually franchised in partnership with USA Rugby, which is a much more an American system that yeah. has sustainability instead of one guy holding yeah. all the chips. Yeah. And so that's why I think they've been able to grow teams organically from just acute, like, combining the local teams into one super team and that's how they're building those franchises yep. and then eventually I think they'll sign a few more like overseas players more Eagles will come back who are overseas so I th I'm pretty quietly hopeful that in a few years there'll be a lot of people in England especially who would maybe playing in the championship will go why go. would I play in the champ where I could go to America and play for six months a year Miami baby live Tops in America off. as well tops off in Miami and did you guys manage to get along to the game on the weekend yeah I was there Corbs was pitch side, baby. Yeah, really? It was good. Yeah, it was, it was one of our big partners. For Guinness. There you go. Is that right? Pitch side pundit, I am for Guinness. Yep. One well, of Guinness are doing everything to do with rugby at the moment, yes. aren't they? Yeah, they're involved. They take us everywhere. The live shows. Okay, so yeah, how how was it? it you were pitch I, side I, with Guinness. I, I thought it was a superb test match, and and I was really impressed with both teams. I know some people have different opinions, but I think unfortunately the TMO decision was the, the main focus point coming out of the game where there was so much good stuff in that game from both teams. I was so impressed. It was one of the, I thought England played at an intensity I haven't seen them play at for a while under Eddie. And, and that really, I, and I think England would have beaten on that, on that day. I didn't see anyone beating them at Twickenham playing like that. But the Welsh defence yeah. and their ability to give no penalties away was the game changer. That's yeah. what made it such a good test rugby because when England dominate teams like that and the diversity of the kicking game, the run, they play in your half, they usually pick up about 15 kickable points yeah. in that game. They score their two tries, they add that 15 points on, the opposition chases the game, takes risks, England thrive off turnover and stuff. So I would have seen, uh, most teams would have fallen in that sort of strategy yeah, in England. Yeah. Wales deserve a lot of credit for that because that, that flustered England a little yeah, bit. They I, weren't getting the reward for what, all the good stuff they were yeah, doing. I, I think the thing with it, with it for me was, you, we, we got those two early tries and we knew, like Cools said, it was a great test match. People looking at it would go, that actually wasn't that good a game. England didn't play that well in terms of flowing attack. But you got to win whichever way you can, by hook or by crook. And just the, the pressure game of England there, their defence, their discipline, their um, kicking game was on point. And the amount of pressure that Patcher was under and all their kickers was, yeah. was it just gave us yard after yard in terms of Mike Brown running it back. And it wasn't flash. There wasn't bits of play that you look at. And apart from Joe Launchbury's unbelievable offload, it wasn't bits of rugby that you go, oh, mate, that's unbelievable. It was a proper ding-dong test match. In the rain, tough conditions, but, You've got two physical bunches of people going at each other, hammer and tongs. And it was the intensity of it. You know, I, I, I put something on Twitter and everyone's like, that was a shit game. I'm like, no, no, it, I, fantastically I, intense. I think, unfortunately, some of the media coverage at the time didn't hit the nail on the head sometimes of how good a game that was. Yeah. I think that's, that steered the narrative to, oh, it was a bit of a boring game. I was watching them and they were saying at the end, England got a lot of work to do. I went, if England play like that at home against Ireland, I don't see Ireland in, yeah. unless Ireland play their best. Yeah. I think England laid a real marker down in that game and there was so much good stuff. The kicking game was fantastic. Both teams' defences were so organised and what was impressive that game was the ball was in play more than I've ever yeah. seen in a, in a Northern Hemisphere v. Northern Hemisphere game and, it, and, and that was by design from both teams because they had such good defences. They thought... Well, how are we going to break, like, take out that line speed and break each other down? Well, if you keep the ball in play for four minutes or so, it You'll becomes much holes. harder to yeah. come flying off the line. And England was so clever with the way to get the attack rolling. They almost did what the All Blacks did in the summer of coming back against the grain and exposing that 
the guard, well, the, mm. the second defender out, who traditionally has to watch nine, yeah. they actually come and, and expose him from the outside. And as, as a forward, it's usually a you know a heavier guy as well. It's a nightmare when you you're worried about the nine breaking, they have to watch him. But then you've also got to think they're actually going to try and use their skills now to play make through my hole. Yeah. And I thought that was really clever from England. And it was just England did a lot of stuff that I thought was missing in the autumn. I thought the intensity in the autumn was slightly off. There's no Farrell though. That's a different Farrell's yeah, different. And they He's just, huge. They just looked in the autumn. They looked comfortable. Yeah. I never went and went man, this team's going to beat them. They just did enough to win. With that game, still some question marks. They didn't put more points on the board. But the, the breakdown intensity, the, the attacking clear out. I, I, I was watching people saying, oh, Wales won the breakdown battle. And they got the turnover battles. Yeah. But that was because England had so much possession at yeah. times. And then they were smashing breakdowns and Wales couldn't get on the ball. But Wales were really good as well yeah. to hang in there. And then they had their moments. And it was only from both sides special players standing up yeah. that stopped probably three or four more tries from both sides. Yeah. Well, we've got someone from uh, Wales on the phone now. We've got James Hook, 81 caps for Wales, won four of his six tests against England, scored three tries against them as well. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, boys, how's it going? All right, hooky boy. Hey, mate. Hey. How are you, pal? <clears throat> yeah, good, mate, good. How's fixer? Yeah, going all right, mate. What, were you at the game at the weekend? No, I wasn't, mate. No, I, I took my oldest boy, actually, to watch Swansea City and then went, went back home to watch the Welsh game and... Uh, in the house, so but you, uh, I really enjoyed the game. It was a great game. Were you robbed? Uh, well, for that try we were. Got to be honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a definite try. It was a definite try, and I think uh, you know, obviously, if it had scored that, it changed you know sort of a different outlook on the game. But yeah, you know, I think England was a better team to be honest with you. Um, but you know, I just heard your voice talking. You know, a lot of Welsh boys can uh, hold their heads up high after that performance. So a lot of experienced boys missing, and you know, they certainly give Gatland a few. Selection addicts as well. And Hooker, you've obviously played in that 10 channel a hell of a lot and fu- fullback mm. as well. When half Petty's out and Patchell's playing 10 and you've got Anscombe at fullback, mm. Anscombe generally prefers playing 10, doesn't he, and Patchell the other way around. Would you have switched it yeah. and, and put them Anscombe starting at 10? Because obviously he finished the game there and went pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, he did, in fairness, but I think probably because half Penny was ruled out so late on, I think Anscombe's probably, you know, uh, sorry, Patchell's trained it all week at 10 and uh, they probably didn't want to upset things, so probably if they had a bit more time to sort of sort the selection out, maybe that would have been the best way to go. But, you know, in fairness to Patrick, you know, he played outstanding against Scotland, and uh, he was under an awful lot of pressure up in Twickenham, and uh, he, came, he came out okay. He didn't have his best game, but, you know, he, he did okay, and, uh, you know, particularly against Scotland, he can take a lot of confidence. No, I completely agree. I um. I thought Patchell at times did very well. I thought Wales did really well in that game and, and the, the try could have changed it. I felt like England, if they had been threatened with another score, might have had another gear yeah. to, to get one back as such. But w- what what stood out to me from, from the Wales point of view was you know they are playing at an intensity which is so hard to live with. So they went out there and yeah. just blew Scotland <clears throat> away. And, and then England and them both raised the intensity of that game. So it was played at such an intense level. And when I look at Ireland, Ireland have played very well, but they haven't played under that intensity yet. So when, yeah. when Ireland get tested under that intensity against Wales, against England, that's what we're going to know. I think England and Wales so far have been the two standout teams for me. And, and some people might criticise me. I think Ireland have been so clinical, but I don't think in France or the Italy game, Ireland have had those sort of consistent four-minute blocks of intense rugby and had to go out and perform in those yet? I agree with you. And probably so many Welsh teams have gone to Twickenham and with 10, 15 minutes to go, you know, they're out of the game. The game's done and dusted. And I think Wales are getting better at staying in the game. And, you know, well, right till the end, they were, they were in it. And, you know, you've got to take a lot of confidence from that going, going to Dublin, obviously, the next game. So. And, Hockey, what do you make of um, what happened in the week leading up to it with Eddie Jones's comments on Patchell, etc.? Um, it's probably, probably clever coaching and, you know, Patchell... It was his big, biggest game of his life on Saturday, and like we say, he dealt pretty well with it. But you know, 
Eddie Jones seen, you know, he could put a bit of pressure on him and use the opportunity to do that. And, you know, I just, like I say, I thought he did all right. But, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clever coaching by Eddie Jones. Can Wales still win the tournament from here? Yeah, of course they can. I think, you know, it's a massive game now against Ireland. Um, and obviously you've got two home games then against Italy and France. So if we can get a result out there, and, you know, in the past, you know, we've gone out there and put good performances in. And, you know, like I say, well, selection, it'll be interesting. Bigger could potentially come back to fitness, Faletau, George North, Liam Williams. So, you know, it's a question of uh, what Gatland does and who he picks. You know, he, he could pick bigger because obviously he's got that experience. He's more of a controlling outside half. And then perhaps, you know, Patchell, like horses for courses against Italy, for a bit more of an attacking game, try and score some tries. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, we can definitely still win it. And obviously, uh, back at the Ospreys, pal, this year, it's been a tough year so far. Obviously, Steve Tandy's gone. Um, how were the players consulted? How has that panned out? Yeah, it was tough, you know, obviously after we lost to Claremont in the in the Champions Cup, uh, he went, you know, performances were, were getting better the last couple of months, but, you know, we were sitting near the bottom of the league and uh, out of the Champions Cup, you know, the, the board just felt that they needed a change and, uh, you know, all the boys sort of loved Tandy, you know, he's played there for so long and, and coached there for the last six or seven years, so he's a top bloke and, you know, he'd be missed, but uh, they felt they needed a change and obviously Alan Clark's taken over till the end of the season and we'll uh, recruit someone new next year. All right, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. really appreciate it. Thanks Good. for having me, boys. Cheers, take care, mate. Good bloke. Talk loves He loves a tan as well. Loves a, loves a sunbird, loves a fake tan. He's got a good hand off on him as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's palmed me off before and scored. Has he? Did you Learning have a big curve. orange print on your face? Yeah, I had a fake tan. tan press <laughs> on my face for a while. Yeah, top boy hooky. No, he's a good guy. Scotland, uh, 32-26 over France. Uh, what did you make of the Amanda Mitch performance, Goody? Well, are you coming at me just because I've bagged Greg Laidlaw before? Right? You're, not just before, a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. I, listen, he's a good player. Um, <laughs> I'm not backtracking here. Here he goes. But they needed, after their performance week one against Wales, they needed some control. And even against France, they lost control at times. Finn Russell was all over the shop. Like, he gets a penalty kick to touch, and Corbs, you're a forward, right? You've grafted for a scrum or a line-out, a ruck, whatever, to win a penalty. Then the 10, and I missed plenty of touches in my time, so don't get me wrong, but the 10 doesn't take his time kicking to touch. He gets the ball and just tries to welly it as far as he can. Without that control, misses touch. Forwards must be absolutely spewing. Mm. Completely, and there was a few times where he, he, he just kicked it straight out as well, and those are just you know, negative yards as a forward, knowing you're going to either be defending a mall or some sort of attacking set for another team. It's, it's just criminal. And I think he, he, I've been rated him really highly, Finn Russell, at times, but I think he was very lucky that Laidlaw was out there with him on that day. Yeah. Or I think Scotland could have lost control again yeah. like they did mm. against Wales because I, I think Laidlaw was the saving grace there because Finn just didn't quite click to his... To his best, I, I, I was rating Scotland really highly coming into this tournament just because of some of the brand, the rugby they could play, the pace, but they just haven't, at test level, you cannot lose control of the battles of where the game's played and, and the error count, unforced errors, is, is just criminal at that level. Yeah. But they did well to, to find a way to win. Like I, Scotland dug themselves out of that game well. France, individual brilliant again the French the French were unbelievable at times but also unbelievably bad, bad. They, they're right. attacking they have they don't really know what they're doing in attack yet they they're not quite, coached they, they're, they're not coached like, yeah. so all their all their best moments come from forwards who, who who they came in tight got their offload game going then got them rolling yeah. and then Teddy Tomar's br yeah. brilliance and other than that when they go a bunch of phases and they're a bit more organised they don't really know where they're going yeah, yeah. and so that's the thing but their defence is good they're competitive and what I like about France is no one's been able to blow them away yeah. and when you're not getting blown away because you've got good players and you, your defence other things is good it then allows individual brilliance or something to happen that's what, that's when England when Lancaster took over in 2012 our attack was pretty 
dismal. It's the hardest thing to improve in a short amount of time when, when you've come into a, yeah. a newer camp. But our kick chase, our defense was good. And then we had guys like Manu and a few others that did a little bit of individual brilliance and that yeah. would win us games. Imagine how good France could be if they were well coached. Well coached. Like the, the player pool they have they, you know, is is phenomenal. Yeah. Like if they were well coached and the attention to detail was right, and they had a really good sort of academy development system, they they, they could be one of the best teams in the world. Goody, I want to hear more about Finn Russell from you because I'm not a first five expert, but obviously I'm, I'm no expert. You, you've played a little bit at that level. He's more of a front um, row expert. Come on, <laughs> let's, let's just look at his um his performance and his body language as well. Seemed to be very lackadaisical. Would that would that be a fair comment? Yeah. He's very indirect in his last yeah. couple of games. That, that's Finn. That, that's how he is. Though. He's a confidence player, and I was I was watching it closely because obviously all the bad press he got last week after laugh, laughing during the anthem and that's not a problem he, was, he wasn't laughing he was smiling and stuff like that he's a player that likes to play that way he likes to have a laugh that's how he gets the buzz out of playing it and the way he plays he attacks from everywhere he does play high risk high reward as well but he does make a few errors and um, in the first half the first bit I saw him kick a couple of bits of possession away when I thought there were overlaps and I'm thinking Scotland are going to run this because that's how they play so I thought he's maybe overthinking what's happened in the week overthinking what's been said about him and then he makes a few errors then he tries to chase the game a bit more he's listen undoubtedly he's a he's a quality player like ball in hand and on a with an attack going forward he can rip teams to shreds on his on his own at 10 and he's got Hugh Jones I thought was outstanding at 13 outside him Maitland played well on the wing Stuart Hogg had some good bits as well but he was just too loose and if they're if they're going to get close to England he he's got to tighten up he, you can't take his game away from him but imagine the control that Farrell and Ford bring yeah. in their kicking game. It, it, and then Finn Russell. The only way that Scotland are going to win, if Finn Russell plays the way he's playing at the minute, is by a miracle, I reckon. I, yeah, because the pressure is going to come on him in that England game. Like You already touched on it, but the way they pressured Wales. Yeah. Every time they put boot to ball, there's someone competing. Yeah. They marshal the backfield well. They kick perfectly. He can contest. He's going to have a nightmare if he can't get that control part of his game right. Because he does some brilliant stuff. Yeah. Completely. But but the control has been lacking for me watching. And we've got to go to the phones again because uh, we've got a, a former Scottish international. One Who of is the, it? One of the uh, all-time greats from Scotland. Yes. Um, or he may be English. We're not. We're Alistair not sure. Kellogg. Yeah. Alistair, you're there. Good day, fellas. How you doing? Ah, read me. There he is. How Jim, are you, pal? Lad. Mate, how good was Laidlaw? <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. mate. I could have kicked them with my left foot. I will tell you what. Oh, mate, how good is Laidlaw? I told you, didn't I? Well, you got lucky. He, listen, he oh. played. He controlled it nicely at times. Listen, everyone's talking about him kicking goals. Jim, your left foot could have kicked most of them. The only hard oh, one. Mate, he had, worry. The only hard one he had was the touchline conversion. Oh, mate, that was hard. Mate, don't worry. Mate, don't worry about that. Corbs, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you, pal? I'm holding your seat yeah. down really mate, well, good. actually. Well, you, it, it feels pretty good you, in here. I'm not gonna lie. Are you surprised with the amount of sweets and cans of coke that Goody's consuming? The yeah, of <laughs> the amount of sugar, booze. Oh, I've, got a, I've got a beer. That's it. There's no sweets today. Oh, it's, mate, uh, I'm, worried, I'm worried about him, Corbs. I know, mate. I think we need to get him on the South Beach diet. I'm all right, boys, honestly. I'm going mate, we do, that's what I'm on, mate. Corbs, me and you are similar, mate. We're, 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 we're great shape. same sort of niche market, I think, mate. Hold on, Corbs. You're, are, you're, you're, Corbs, you're in good nick. You're talking to the melted wheelie bin <laughs> who hasn't taken his T-shirt off in Dubai yet. How's the holiday, Jim? Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. The travel... The flight was probably the worst day in my life. <laughs> you turned left, though, you told me, and sent the kids and the missus right. Mate, the agreement was, well, apparently, you're not allowed to have twins on your own. So, so my wife, Beck, uh, you can only hold one kid. So I am holding a baby. I mean, albeit my baby, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, you think? For seven hours, got on the flight, projectile vomited all over my shorts or all over my shoes. <laughs> um, Which one, Freya mate, or... 
Oh, I don't even know. He <laughs> doesn't even know his kids' names. That shell shot is actually gone, mate. Uh, but mate, yeah, I'm here now. Mate, I ain't seen them. I, like, as soon as I landed, mate, I ain't seen the kids. So what have you done? Put them to bed and just said I'm I'm not coming back for a couple of days? Or I don't know. It's literally, I got to the hotel and I'm, and I'm been down the pub the whole time. Lads, 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 today. <laughs> Jim, uh, uh, France players have uh, been questioned by police about an alleged brawl in Edinburgh after the game, and uh, they were taken off the plane. Uh, allegedly, it's, they were taken off the tarmac. Um, is that the reason why you're not on the show today and not actually on holiday? What 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 happened, mate? Did you flee the country? Well, we did? well, mate, you said a brawl. That's not what I read today. And I'm only going on alleged news that it had something to do with sexual assault, so I heard. Oh, so no. when, I, when I read it, I thought there's beer fear and then there's getting whipped off a plane <laughs> by the police. And it's like they, they must have been... I don't know what... They, there's no charges been pressed, though, has it? I don't know yet. We're waiting for all evidence to come out. But Tiger Lily, mate, apparently, that's where, the, that's where it went down. Man, we're going up there in a couple of weeks, Goody. So I just heard you saying then that you think Scotland will win now after beating pumping France at no, the weekend. No, I said if Finn Russell keeps playing the way they're going to play, the only way Scotland are going to win if it's a miracle. It ain't happening, oh, mate. mate. Let's be honest. What do you think of Finn oh, Russell, mate? Oh, yeah, he didn't play very well, did he? Um, I don't know. Mate, it's just one of them where he's on the edge of cockiness, isn't he? And... He's trying these different things and they're not coming off. And since he's signed for rassing on that money and he's got a white Lambogini. The Lambo, got... mate. The Lambo, mate. It's all about the Lambo. Does he actually have a mate, white Lambogini? Yeah. Apparently that's what he signed with, Corbs. <laughs> Times have changed, eh? Uh, uh, yeah. Corbs, you want to come out of retirement? Bad. I don't feel as bad for him now that he's had two shockers in Six Nations. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm coming back, mate. Just for the cash. The Lambo. No, I've the heard Lambo. that. Are you coming back, Corbs? Or no, not? there's all these rumours, but no, I'm, I'm actually officially not, mate. Well, mate, there's 750, mate. Players like us, you're probably a 600 grand player, mate, so it's decent money. Yeah, five, um, great, five games a year I could offer you for well, 600 it, bags. Cool, this is a genuine question. You played against Jim a couple of times, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Probably not, because he always no, played in, play, in the A-team. Yeah. He always played in the A-team, so you yeah. wouldn't have seen him. Anglo-Welsh. I've in, in England shirt a few Exactly. Times. Um, Jim reckons right now in this market, and we all know what the market's like now, he's a 700 grand a year player. What are you saying about that? Um... I don't think he's a 700 grand player. I'm sorry, Jim, to enlighten you here. Um, oh, mate, it's a really bad line. It's a really bad line. <laughs> I, think I, I think you'd do all right, mate. I think you'd, you know, you'd be over 100,000 marks. Yeah, yeah. Skip a, you could skip at the shags, I can mate. sort it out on the Irish. They still want you back there, mate. Do they? Yeah, they're oh, sad mate, you sure ditched they do, them. Mate. They're real sad you, you bailed on them. They kind oh, of see that as the catalyst that pushed things a little bit too far. Then, yeah, they, the, they'd invested in the 700 grand wheelie bin and then he just disappeared. Yeah. Andy, what were you saying, mate? Jim, that's bad that you... form, mate. That was not good, mate. What, uh, what are you asking me? What About France, were you? Mate, Corbs is drunk. I can't speak to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, mate, I don't know. Let's talk about the game. Johnny Gray, how good what? was he? Mate, he was good. And Gilchrist. Mate, and these, Gilchrist sec- was good. these new age second rows, mate, they are decent. Yeah, mate Johnny, Gray, mate, Johnny Gray was awesome, to be fair. But France rocked up, didn't they? They looked good. First five, ten minutes, you were like, holy holy smoke balls, it's going to be a 15 in But, mate, like both the teams, I thought, were quite evenly matched. I just thought Scotland just, they obviously just played slightly better. And there yeah, was a couple lucky. of instances in that Boxies and stuff like that. Is it Boxies? Is that his name? Yeah, Boxies. I saw people calling him yeah. the French Andy Goo yes. on Twitter a lot. He was that bad. <laughs> he was that bad. Mate, think- decent shape on him. Jim, you were saying in the first uh, 20 minutes you thought maybe it was going to be a 50-pointer. Do you think that maybe the uh, the culture and maybe the uh, the mentality of the, the Scotland team has, has changed a little bit now from, you know, the, there's not that mentality where you just sort of give up after 20 minutes? 
Well, I did. I did a, an article in the Times. I mean, no biggie. It's just a national a newspaper. Oh, Scott, mate, in Scotland, it's not the Times yeah. in England, is it? But I actually said that the Scotland, the Scotland team will learn more about themselves if they struggle at the beginning of that game, having what happened in Wales, and they come through it. And that's exactly what happened. So for me, I think that was a you know like this next game against England. No, like me and Goody joking that Scotland are going to win. Scotland going to smash England. England going to smash Scotland. But I genuinely think now the confidence they're going to have off that. And some of the players really stood up. So Maitland was class. How good was Hugh Jones at 13? And I know Goody hates Greg Laidlaw, but for me, mate, the fact that the Gregor Townsend put him at 10 shows him how how valuable he is in that squad. And actually, when he went into 10, it, like he didn't touch the ball, did he? <laughs> he was telling the forwards to carry. But they played like they tightened up the game, and they played a, a different. Uh, they had a different. Uh, plan up their sleeve which ultimately I think if they didn't put Greg to 10 they might not have won that game uh, I, agree. Um, I think England Scotland scrum time Dan Cole mate is really good like he is <laughs> I, I, even though he, sometimes it doesn't always go his way he just understands scrummaging to a different level that I'd say about 95% of the people he comes up against do so he just gets it like I watch him and I think that guy's got a black belt in this. Like he's he he is. He might there might be a, someone who's a bit more athletic or this, but he's mastered what's going on in this little this little miniature facet of the game. It was like it was like Jim couldn't catch pass or, or run, but he could scrummage, right, Jim? But he was a black belt in rugby. Yeah, mate, you're right. Jim just was there for the scrap and the nig the niggle, mate. Oh man, I was hard. I was hard as nails, mate. No one will come down my channel. Mate. <laughs> you and David Pace, mate. I remember oh, seeing Pace, that. Were you playing guy. that game? I was on the bench. Yeah, I was. On, you, I was on the bench when it happened. Did you get on and try? And what did you think no, you I got pulled back. Did you, did you I thought it was like a like, ten-eight. I thought it was a ten-eight round. Yeah, I thought it was a ten-eight round to Jim to Pacey. No, a ten-eight no. round. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't only ten-seven because he did come back with some good uppercuts in the clinch right at the end, and mate, then I saw Travis. Treviana Safisa come here and hit you with a mighty body shot. I thought ten eight, ten eight. Jim's won this, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a finish. So did P Pacey got the last punch then? Did he? Pacey was getting the clinches, but then it ended yeah, up on the there floor. We go. Pacey wins, mate. Pacey ate some big shots at the start though. <laughs> Jim had one hand like this just to keep him at distance, and then he just started clubbing him. And it was only when everyone started scuffling, Pacey like re got his hands in and he just started throwing uppercuts because yeah. he couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't get see. close to Jim. He yeah. couldn't see. He had blood pissing out his face. I remember watching that. I was like, "Wow!" I was yeah, pretty wow, young mate, at that right. time, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is escalated." <laughs> Mate, when I walked off, mate, all I remember is someone shouting, "There's been a murder!" <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was it. Um, but yeah, that's it, mate. Scotland, England. It's all on, like Donkey Kong. Can't wait, mate. Four days in Edinburgh with you on the smash. Oh, yeah. Are you in Edinburgh? Four days, mate. I'm there Friday mate. and Saturday, and they leave Sunday. We got. We are got, you doing any pods on Friday? Live show Wednesday night. Live show Thursday night. Friday all day. Saturday. All day at the road. You got no shows on Friday. Uh, nice no, Sunday. No, we got mate. We, uh, I, I said if I would have, I would have done a Lions reunion, mate. I would have just popped out of nowhere for yeah. the Friday. Oh, leave it, there. leave it. Just course, saying, leave it. Mate. Are you guys going to go watch the twenties, or what are you going to do? No, just drink. Just somewhere. drink. Yeah, enough. drink. Drinks. Go and watch the what? Go and watch the the, the twenties play on Friday night, don't they? Oh, mate, this guy's drunk, Goody, mate. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. This is what like modern. Like the next gen of pundits do is they watch loads of rugby. No, just wing it and absolutely do this, people. That's what Goody yeah. does. Yeah, Goody just gets his shovel out and buries Laidlaw. That's all that counts. Oh. All right, Jim, you, you're good, mate. You, you're going to go off and enjoy the rest of your holiday now, or you want to stay? No, 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 mate. I want to stay. You yes. Want to stay? Okay. Hey, what's I worried? Because hey, this, this chair is just slowly morphing around it is. me. It is. What time is it there, Jim? Oh, mate, I don't even know. I'm just loving it so much, mate. It's, you know, it's uh, 10 o'clock. Do you know what? He wants to stay on the phone because he doesn't want to go and see his kids. I love this. Jim, did you catch the Ireland-Italy game? Um, no, I looked at the highlights. 
Well done. Well done. What did yeah, you make of the highlights? Yeah, I thought Matt Ireland looked good, didn't they? The team to be in Italy, and it's no longer a wooden spoon to side of Scotland, is it? They're way down the pecking order. But, mate, lads, I will let you get on. I just want to say, Goody, thanks for tweeting that earlier, um, that I'm on holiday, and my house is, all my five Rolex watches and my Mustang's probably been ransacked I as we so. speak because I'm hope on holiday. So. I hope so, mate. I'm going so, there. Uh, but thanks for that, mate. So I'll sort you out because I did put a big insurance job on, on the have you got a, Have you got a Mustang with <laughs> you? Yeah, that's midlife well, crisis, isn't it? Jeez, yeah. mate. The Scots, honestly. Lambos. Cash money. Mustangs. Thank What's you. going on here? England got a bad rep as being like the... Range Rovers. Yeah, but come on. That you nailed mate. it there, Corbs. Have Scottish, you not seen mate. the emissions on that thing? Well, mate, of course, mate. But that's what happens, mate. It's like an endless pot at the minute. <laughs> Showbiz Jim. Goody's belly. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, I'll let you get All on. Right, See you, mate. You. Cheers, Jim. I love the fact he doesn't even know where his kids are. What <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys make of the Ireland-Italy game? Big win for Ireland. Oh, it's an expected win, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and Ireland, Ireland attacked. They were sharp. They attacked well. Italy had some good moments. The big news out of it, and you talk about the next few games, etc. Henshaw's out injured. Discated shot. Furlong. Done for the Six Nations. Tad Furlong. He, he's there. If, if Owen Farrell is... England's most important player, Furlong is probably behind Sexton, their next most important Agreed. player for Ireland. Agreed, it's a big... Second, but... Only because Porter's just so yeah. untested. A lot of potential, a lot of hype. Like what he's doing, he's come over from loose to tight. He's a monster of, of a man. But I just think Tad Furlong is the benchmark, really, of what tight heads are in, yeah. in the modern game right now. I think I, I would put him in my world 15, yeah. really. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see... A, don't see a clear person to beat him just off the top of my head. Yeah. I put Slim, so in my rugby pass fantasy league team, I put Slimini at tight head prop because I forgot about Tad Furlong. That's how little I know about tight heads. But wasn't it a wise decision now he's injured, yes. eh? Mm. Can't get any points when you're injured, boys. Italy seem like they're making a bit of progress in attack, though, don't they? Yeah. Not so much defence. So, but on that game, I, I, was, I thought Ireland were very good. I thought they clinical, dominated the game, and they fixed a lot of issues that they didn't that weren't firing for them in the France game. They they just they moved the ball. The forwards were moving the ball yeah. more against France. There was too many one-off runners, and they just weren't getting the first phases going to unleash the sort of Irish yeah. beast. Once the forwards start to tip, or they look like they're going to tip, they start to get they get gain line, and then the rest they know they know how to roll. So I, I thought they were good, but I just don't think Italy is a fair test because I don't think you're under the same intensity of yeah. of, of game to to execute that in their intensity game. If they do that against England or Wales. I think they're one of the best or the second best team in the world because that the, the intensity is such a big up. But then looking at Italy, Italy are improving hugely. Like they are getting better. The problem is Northern Hemisphere rugby is revolutionizing, mm. especially on an attacking point of view mm. from a, the Six Nations a few years ago to now. It's night and day how the teams used to attack. Yeah. So they're kind of trying to make gains where all the big guys are still making going gains. Again. And yeah. that's kind of where I feel they're, they're trapped as they are going in the right way. They should be very proud of they're finally playing with good width and holding their width and understanding. Skills, skills are a lot better. Skills well, are better. There's no real weak links. They just need a bit like they're, they're moving in the right direction. They've just played England and Ireland who are the, one Top of the best. Yeah. And so they're just not ready enough. But those teams have made huge jumps in the last two years. Let's hope they do the French. Yeah. Th those are, th I think they'll have their day where they put their flag in the sand and they could win a game or be very close. No, they'll beat Scotland last game, I reckon. I hope well. so. <laughs> I yeah, you're confident saying that with that oh, Jim. Jim's gone, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Let's, um, let's look at some social media. Um, Patrick has tweeted in, um, it seems a bit much to be taking a holiday just because Scotland won a game in the Six Nations. So it's not really a question, but... Um, it's a very he's, true he's, statement. He's got, he's got a point. Um, Joel Lee has 
tweeted in, uh, if he keeps progressing at the current rate, Marcus Smith is highly likely to be the best 10 in England come Rugby World Cup 2019. Shouldn't he be getting more game time international level now alongside Farrell? Um, should Eddie Jones be looking further out than just a Six Nations win? Absolutely not. No, Marcus Smith, listen, he is an 18-year-old kid with a massive amount of talent. But you only have to rewind a few years to Matthew Tate and he was an 18-year-old kid with a massive amount of talent. Got bullied by Henson. And Marcus Smith is a better player like for like 18 years of age than Matthew Tate was. But there's no need for Marcus Smith to play 10 now for England. Ford had a good game and Jim's not a big George Ford fan, is he? But that axis between Ford and Farrell, well, they played 24 games and won 23. Yeah. Mm. You don't need to change it. And do you know what? There's a line of 10s. Lazowski, um, who else is in the squad that, that covers 10? Uh, Piers Francis. Piers Francis. You'd probably start to think Marcus yeah, Smith. Yeah, I think he's going to jump those guys. I think it's the perfect place for him to be an apprentice. Yeah. I agree with you, mate. Yeah. And you've got to keep, him, you know, keep his feet on the <laughs> ground, but also he's played, what, 15 first-team mm. games? Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. He's a, he's got a lot of talent, and he will have a hopefully a fantastic international career. But don't chuck him in when you don't need to. No, Let him be there, part of the squad and, I, and, and, and a, learn yeah, and all that stuff. I'm just and, a big believer of someone who played quite early international rugby in your career. You don't need to be rushed. Yeah, I you know. don't because I paid the price for it. You 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 play too soon. You get the miles up too soon. You never reach the whole the end of the game yeah. because there's just so he, he doesn't need to do this yet. this is his first year of men's rugby yeah. does he need to be in the Six Nations when you look at games if we need him yes but he is in such a good position to train with the, the way that England train the intensity the attention to detail and also the attack Farrell and Ford drive so much of what yeah. goes on in that team so he's really learning directly from the brain trust England are ahead of the curve on a lot of things yeah. because those two take a lot of control yeah. do, you know what, do, you know what, do you know what I'd do I'd, I'd say in the summer I think Eddie Jones needs to have a serious look at the squad and go I need to rest yeah. a load of these boys that I played know. on the Lions tour so the likes of uh, Farrell Itoji um, all the Lions players that were there Watson as well and take we're going. they're going to South Africa so I'm not Bag in South Africa here, but if there's ever a time to go on tour South Africa, it's right now. Yeah, because they're they're not in a great place mm. at the minute uh, as a as a nation playing rugby wise. So make some changes. And do you know what? Yes, you want to go there, and I think there's three tests. You want to win them three now. Of course you do. But the the bigger picture is take Marcus Smith on that tour, take Alex Zofsky on that tour, and take George Ford, and then say right, Marcus, we might stick you on the bench for one game. I think there'll be a midweek yeah. game you can play in. Zofsky right now, if 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 Ford got injured, you put. Farrell to 10, Tio to 12, and Lozowski on the bench. You still don't, for me, put Marcus Smith on the no, bench. No, I, I, I agree. So you He's give him time. Ready. Same no, thing with Wigglesworth. The like, yeah. the way they have Wigglesworth brought in, yeah. you just you just wanted someone in there that can play test rugby, yeah. and if they're on the bench in minute one, they have to come on, there you go. your game's not, uh, there's no question marks on how your game's going to go. Exactly. And he is a fantastic talent. I saw him play last year. I coached him in the under-20s. I was screaming for everyone to take notice of this kid. He was 17 and he mm. came into England as 20 camp Boston. and stole the show. Yeah. I, and I was I was blown away. I was like, 17? Yeah. Next year, you know, he's already done this in men's yeah. rugby. But Well, he got schooled a little bit by yeah, Cipriani on Sunday. Exactly. Um, I just think he's still like learning. So, yeah. He's not old enough to know everything yet. Like yeah. he's just not been around long enough. So it's no point of, you don't want him just to, to be exposed too early, yeah. is what I think. Do you guys want to look at the premiership quickly? Yes. So, yeah. um, Exeter, 5-6 down to Worcester. Good on Worcester. Do you know, I, I, I say that, and Corb's an Irish, excellent Irish player. But, no, I, but that's them done now, surely. Worcester, Worcester are a club, they've got some a lot of talent in that squad, that they do underachieve. They 
they basically played Exeter at a very good time when they're missing a lot of international players that they don't normally miss, the likes of Harry Williams. Yeah. Uh, Hepburn was on the bench yeah. as well, wasn't he? Jack Noel, Simmons. So they're missing some star quality. They've got a few injuries as well. Yeah. Uh, but credit to Worcester. I'm not, I'm not saying Worcester only won because Exeter had injuries, but going down to Sandy Park and the weather conditions are brutal as well. Um, and, you know, barring out a victory like that, 6-5 on the road, that's massive for Worcester. And that that's a sort of victory that you can then take a step and go, do you know what? We shouldn't ever be thinking about relegation and, and that look over our shoulder. We've got to be thinking, you know, where's the next step? Can we try and push towards top six? Yeah. You start to get belief. You start to get confidence. New coaches coming in, a couple of changes here and there. They need some stability, but they also need to sign a, a two, three, four quality players to break into that top six yeah, mould. I agree. I think what saves them this year on... Um relegation is one a little bit of the structure to their game but two some of the players they've already recruited you know when you have who hard you have ryan mills you have when tio's back in pen like they when they especially at home like i, I actually fancy them a lot of weeks yeah, at home when yeah. i watch them because they've got, got enough team if they signed one or two of the most players and they have the coaching the pathway the academy things they that's the recipe to go to the next step for yeah. them they, they, they've survived this year and now they're actually showing a bit more what they can do yeah. and that's a good foundation then to build further up the league bottom line is though Jim and I did a dinner in Worcester on Thursday night then they go and beat Exeter on a Saturday that's that all is, I'm that saying is, that is a, no, that no, is, coinf- no coincidence not coinc- you're welcome Jim yeah. would be saying you're welcome Worcester London Irish uh, now 12 points adrift after a 13-9 loss to Sale it's been a bit of a failure this season this year hasn't it they started so promisingly, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, it started promisingly. They're just a little bit under-equipped, aren't they? Like, I, I don't think like they've done something drastically wrong. Like, I've been in that. I've helped coach down there. I've seen the environment. The coaching, the setup, the structures, that's not the issue. Yeah. I just think they need a few more players. Yeah, it's the quality in the squad, and, isn't and it? They, they signed a couple more players, or they had an out-and-out 10 that could control and win them games, like an experience. Guy. I think that might have just missing a little bit of that. Yeah. But the academy there... Some quality in the oh academy, man, yeah. just keep an eye out for the London Irish Academy in a few years as some of the players come on. They got Wasps catchment area, Middlesex in London, yep. and that is a gold mine. If you look at some of the players Wasps have brought through that, yeah. that's all channeling to Irish now, plus they've already got a good a track record and academy players coming through. I think Irish are going to be good in the long run. The big area that killed them, as someone who's been there, was, and this is why they got relegated in the first place, was... My generation of players who came through the club are gone. All left, yeah. So myself, Anthony Watson, yeah. Jonathan Joseph, Marlon Yard, yeah. Tom Homer, Jamie Gibson, Matt Garvey, yeah. like all these guys that kept Max Lahive, Steph, Steph Armitage, Dylan, Topsy and Pacey are hanging on at the very yeah. end of the aisle. And then there's about up to about 22, 23 now. There's some really class youngsters, but from 23 to 30 something, there's no homegrown players. Yeah. And that's what. Every team, especially when budget is an issue, you ha- your academy is the lifeline that yeah. keeps your, your stuff going because you can only sign a few big stars. So true. And, and they, they just have a gaping hole that Brian Smith kind of helped create for them that they've just never recovered from. Yeah. And they're just not further enough in the next cycle to have the home talent ready to reap the, then sign a few the, players. The, the issue with it then is because they're in this yo-yo pattern of going up yeah. and down, going up, the young kids start, like Cocker Singer, I don't reckon he'll be at London Irish next year. He someone just will, signed some, a four-year extension. I know, but, though, someone, but yeah. someone will come in and, Might be and buy. Why. Yeah, someone will come in and buy him because mm. uh, he is a ridiculous athlete, isn't he? Yeah, he, he really is a tag. He still needs to develop his game, but he's got some, a bunch of things he just can't coach. Yeah. Should we go to the rumour mill? Yes. You got any rumours floating Corbs, around? Corbs must have rumours. You got any rumours of players moving? You, no, you're signing well, with Wasps, aren't you? Right, I heard Wasps. that. You told us that downstairs. It's definitely, yeah. definitely on the he's couch. Me, me and Dyer like this, aren't we? He's made it clear. Well, Sips has left a big... 
No yeah, but the new- budget, so you know, uh, yeah. someone big, had someone had to fill it. Yeah, big news today: Sips is they've yeah. announced that Sips is off at the end of the year. Where's he going? I'm hearing it's not England. I, no. spoke, I spoke to him today. I don't want to say, but it's. Um, I'm hearing Japan. I think uh, I've, I've already seen it online. People saying, but Japan or France, I believe, is what is where what's going to happen. Yeah. It's true. I think you know, you look around the Premiership clubs, and undoubtedly, Sips has played exceptionally well at times this year for Wasps. Why he doesn't fit in further down the line at the club, you know, only the people inside the club know. Why doesn't he fit in? What you're just looking at? You, you look at the club, right? And Cipriani's knocking on thirty now, is he? Twenty nine is my age. Yeah, yeah. and how the Kiwi boy? How old's he? Yeah, uh, it'd be mid twenties. Do you know even know his name? Lima Sopoanga. Yeah, um, Sopoanga is a you know he's probably the third or fourth best ten in the world. But you can't get a run out for the All Blacks consistently because Bowden Barrett's there. So mm. you're planning for the future. Sips has been injured a little bit. You know, you, you put all your eggs in one basket. I, d- I don't think Wasps wanted to be waiting for Danny to make a supposed decision. And then if Sips went, oh, I'm going to go here or I want this, and they go, actually, no, uh, we're not going to pay you that. You can't just go, open that. okay, no problem. Well, we'll start looking now. So they went in, op- opportunity to sign Sapawanga, and off they go. And, um, you know, some people think Sips is a bit divisive. Some people think he's brilliant. You see players like that, that talented, they do polarise opinions. And, you know, you'd hope he could stay in the Premiership with a club, but I'm looking around the Premiership going, where where could he go? I don't think he really wants to either. I think now that England's a little bit off the table for him as well with Eddie, I think that was the real reason why he, he extended in Europe was yeah. he really wanted to try and give one more go to, yeah. to England. And it, he just doesn't seem to be in the plans, you know. So I don't blame the guy. It, it's a job at the end of the day, isn't it? And if, if there's a lot more money on the table elsewhere and it's, especially if you go to Japan, way less work as well yeah. and, and wear and tear on the body yeah. and, um, uh, you know, all, all for it. But I, I think he... He he's a unique character to rugby. There's no there's not a second Danny Cipriani no. in rugby. So that's the thing is he he's automatically a different character to the typical rugby mold. And you know he he's very talented. And I have seen him rub, rub some people up the wrong way. Yeah. I'm a very good friend of him. Love the guy. And I know deep down he's a really genuine guy. Yeah, yeah. Why does he rub people up the wrong way? It's just Haskell does the same thing in a different way. But yeah. Haskell rubs other people up the wrong way. Um, just because sometimes I think it's just because they're different. Yeah. Rugby's such a like. It's very a bubble because most of the kids, most people play it in this country have all come through the same similar sort of school systems, similar sort of path, the academies, and then you get a few Kiwis or the Africans or yeah. Islanders, but they're all coming from the same places. Well, Sips kind of had a bit of a different upbringing. He's a different sort of character, so he immediately stands out. I, I'm a big fan of him. He works very hard at his game. He's very dedicated, but he, there's this rep that he's almost like footballer-esque in yeah. rugby, if you see what I mean. He's supremely confident in his own ability. Yeah. Right, right, which, and this is where it rubs people up the wrong way. He has to be that way to get the best out yeah, of himself. Yeah, I think... Because like, that's, that's when he's at his best. But also, in doing that, he does rub a lot yeah. of people up the wrong way by, by some of the things he says. And he, he says them, I think, because he wants those things to be true in his head, like, Sips, I'm the best player on the field. And, you know, you only scored that try because I'm that good. That, those sort of comments that he has to say to make him play at that top level, other people look at him and go, you are an absolute tool for saying yeah. that. But it's, it's that balance of knowing, but, uh, he, it's he, knowing he, him as well. Yeah, Sips feeds off confidence. When Danny Cipriani is confident and he's on a rugby field, every defender on the field should fear because that's like when you get these special moments of him and he needs that belief and confidence that he can do stuff that yeah. others can't do. And he's always trying 
to outdo what he's done or outdo whatever. And, and it's just different than the usual way in rugby. But I have absolutely no problem with it at yeah. all. And I think rug, we need to be in rugby in general more welcoming to all these different, different characters. characters. Because yeah. I think, look, the game, it's slowly changing. Like Back in rugby before... You'd be criticised for trying to build a, a persona of yourself while yeah. you, while you're a rugby player. Well, that's what that's what Haskell said. Like, like Haskell broke the mold. He got yeah. so much. Abuse. I want to say that yeah, abuse, and and it hurt him in England selections. It hurt him in this and that, and it was all because he was trying to market himself and make a life after yeah. rugby. I seen that guy again, like Danny Dane out. One of some of the hardest workers in the room. They want it. They're good guys. They're just again different than the usual mold of rugby, yeah. and that rubs some people up in a good way, and other people in a bad way. Haskell is a liar, though. Well, I've, got to, I've got to call this out on, on my podcast. Go on. So I was reading the Daily Fail yesterday, yeah. a.k.a. the Daily Mail, and Haskell and Chloe have done this interview, chatting away about their sex life and stuff like that. First of all, I'm like, oh my God, just hanging. The thought of Haskell having a go. He's like, oh, I have sex with Chloe every night. No, you don't. No one does that, Hask. I think that's married life, for your view. No, 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 no. Like, I'm not talking, at married life. I'm talking yet. that certain yeah. time of the month when yeah. women just push you away and say, no thanks. So it doesn't happen every day, but there we go. And that's the other thing, Haskell, when he said he first met Chloe, didn't know who she was, didn't know who her dad was. And he said he woke up in the morning, there was a picture of Richard Madeley on the wall. I'm like, come on, Ask. You know full well who Chloe Madeley was. And you know the dad, you know the mum. And fair play. They're, they're a very nice couple. They're they, they madly in love. They, they suit, suit each other, other very belief. well. Talking of rumours, though, Haskell. Yeah. Northampton again is rearing its head. Really? Yep. Wow. Stuart Hogg. Yes, I've heard this. Stuart this Hogg. Is massive. Going what? potentially going to Montpellier for a mil a year. Oh my days. A mil a year, not end of this season, end of next. Mate, fair play. Hoggy. Fair play to the lads. Imagine mate. the tan on him. He's the whitest, pastiest person in the world. And he's going to Montpellier, south of France, on a mil though. Oof. You can you can buy yourself anything with that, can't you? Fair play to him. Wouldn't no, I? He might get a Lambo. Another Scott getting a nice car, eh? Get four of them. Um, um, Scottish yeah, rugby goes well for a few years and they're all catching There you in. go. Sam Vesti off, wow. apparently leaving Worcester, going to Northampton potentially as backs coach. Mm. Uh, Mark Bakewell starting at Leicester, imminently leaving Bristol's. Uh, so there we go, there's a few rumours. John Muldoon to replace him. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, obviously he's got history with Pat Lamb at Connacht, hasn't he? So yeah. good way to come out, reti- well, to retire and then yeah. move into coaching. All right, well, should we go to the good, the bad, and the ugly? If you um, haven't listened to this one before, it's where Andy Good tells us what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. Yeah, the good. Uh, we're we're, we're going to start off in the Pro 14. We don't talk about it very much because we don't like the league. You and, say we. And it's garbage sometimes. But tip of the hat to the Pro 14. Joy Neville, first woman to referee a game in the, in the Pro 14. Ulster against the Southern Kings. I think it's a great step in the right direction. We've seen touch judges, but for Joy to referee the first game, I think it's outstanding. We're growing the game. All angles. You've seen women's rugby grow uh, exponentially over the last few years. Uh, we can't go a week without mentioning my wasps, can we? Of course we can't. 44-22 at Quinns. 14 players. Jack Willis. You can see why Haskell didn't get offered a new contract. I love Hask. But Jack Willis, this youngster, back-to-back man of the matches. I gave him man of the match in the Anglo-Welsh against Leicester last weekend. He dominated that game. This weekend, he gets man of the match again. 17 carries, 13 tackles, three turnovers. What a hero. Good interview as well. He's a good player. Spoke really well. The 20s last year. Very impressed with him. Proper strong. Teddy Tomat, his two tries. Absolutely. Who did he rinse? Yeah. He's like a 4v1. I'm like, just give it. Yeah, he went around them. And he's done, he's taken the mickey out of Hoggy. One million quid a year, one million euros. See you later, Teddy Tomer. We'll go to Scotland. We'll stay in Scotland. Greg Laidlaw. Let's give him a shout out. Jim's mate. Absolutely hung like a monster, apparently. Hell of a piece on him. Man of the match. Kicked eight from eight, did he? Control. That was pretty good. Um, 
Sam Underhill's tackle, probably one England that game at the end. Yeah. In reality. And the detail on that tackle. The graft. Is, is incredible because the ball's been in play for three plus minutes. It And the set before was a four minute set. He's been busy all over the park. And he then gets out of a dominant hit, gets up and sees what's happening. He beelines, but it's the finesse of the of the tackle. Just flipping him. It, it's he has done some form of martial arts and grappling because the way he leg tackles like yeah, that yeah. is is pure yeah, technique. Probably, and it's either it was at England or he did it before. But that is like pitch perfect grappling because he couldn't without doing a no arm shoulder barge. When someone's that low, there's no other way to hit them. Yeah. So he must have either done that before or instinctually yeah. had some sort of understanding because he just put his hand perfectly under the hip bone yeah, flipped and just him flipped him over. Him over. Yeah. And, Outstanding. And there's no way Scott Williams can stop that. Yeah. He has no momentum. If if he hits him, his momentum might keep him in. It might not. Yeah. But his momentum has no way to stop him doing that. Yeah. So I just, the, thought was, the, I just thought there was so many little things that I was going, mate. The unbelievable thing about it, though, with with uh, you watch the video back of where he comes from. So he's on the deck. He gets up and they'll go. England will, will review the game. And, of course, you know what it's like when you're going through a game, you, you're watching the video. And the coaches, the Paul Gustard defence coach, will go, everyone knows what Sam Underhill's done here. He's worked his ass off to get up, get back. He said, and what Paul Gustard will do is, everyone else, just have a little look at yourself. Have a little look where Sam Underhill starts and where he finishes and the impact he has. Now watch your own body language and see how far he travels ahead of people, overtaking people. Phenomenal tackle. Game saver for England, pretty much. That was pretty good. Um, But I'm going to give it to my old club. Not many people go down to Sandy Park and win. Worcester Warriors, ugly game, 6-5 winners. The good this week goes to my old club, Worcester. The bad. Uh, Quinns, again, Six Nations time, losing 14 players they played against, Wasps. Um, but they just didn't turn up for me, so that was pretty bad. Eddie Jones, I want to uh, talk about Eddie Jones in the bad this week because, okay, I understand pretty much he's putting pressure on players. Patchell, he had a moan about Alan Wynne Jones and I complained to the World Rugby. I've got no time for that. Load of crap. Uh, but then after the game, if you heard some of his interviews after the game to the, some of the press questioning the press, you can't have your own opinions. You can't sort of disagree with his selection. Well, Eddie, that's what the press do. The press are there to generate interest. The press are there to generate conversation, talking, giving options, talking players up, but also questioning people's selections, whether they're playing well or whether they're playing badly. Um, and he lost the plot a little bit. And top with that, some really bad news. A mate of mine, Sam Jones, um, and this sticks with Eddie Jones as the bad. Sam Jones, wasp back rower, broke into the England squad last year, pre-autumn, doing judo training. Do you remember this down at... Yeah, was it down no, at Brighton? I know exactly. It was Marrow. Um, Marrow, it was like th- running to three people. Judo flipped them all over. Sam Jones snaps his leg in half. Uh, oh. th- I think he's going to have to retire. Um, so I sit that oh, at the door of Eddie Jones as well. No need to do that in training. Uh, but the bad, that's not the bad. The bad this week has got to go to the TMO, Glenn Newman. I thought he's had an absolute stinker. Firstly, he rushed it completely, right? And you listen back to it. And okay, there's arguments whether it was a knock on because it touched his finger. Yeah, I, th- I actually didn't even I, show it though. I, that's actually, the thing. I actually thought. It touched his finger and then came back onto his knee. Yeah. Okay, and then it goes forward. So whether it's a knock-on or not, I yeah. don't know. He didn't really look at but that. But he didn't look at that. That's what annoyed me Then first. you go to the... His, his explanation was the England player has clearly grounded it first, which when you look mm. back at all the pictures, all the angles, one, he rushed it. Two, he said that. But the third thing, if you listen to what he actually says, he's gone, uh, so uh, restart with a, a scrum to Wales. I'm like, you what? Wales kicked it into the in-goal yeah. area. Mm. And if Anthony Watson's got back and touched it down first, which is what he said, it's a 22. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gone, wrong decision, wrong follow-up call. Luckily for him, the Garces. referee was Garces, Garces was playing advantage for an, another yeah. offence. So he went back to the penalty. But had there not been a penalty, he'd have gone, 
Yeah, scrum to Wales. <laughs> what are you on about? Oh. You've kicked it into the end goal. You've rushed. He's completely rushed it. I think he's panicked. He's probably sat there having a Mars bar or something. And oh, geez, I better watch this. Um, so the bad this week has got to go to Glenn Newman. I'm English. I thought it was a try. I still think England would have won though. Yeah. Glenn Newman, the Kiwi, mm. gets the gets the bad bloody yeah. Kiwi shot. I'm oh, embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. And then the ugly. Two things ugly this weekend. We're going to pick one though. Firstly, anyone seen Bernard Laporte, aka Bernard the Door? During the France, Scotland France game, he's got oh. he's gone for the beanie and shell suit look. Terrible look from the from the eighties. The oh, shell dear. suit with the beanie on looked horrendous. Um, that was pretty ugly. But the only thing ugly this week, really, Kyle Eastman. When you have a little look at his two tackles, two red cards, I reckon, within the space of thirty seconds, swinging arm to the face of James Chisholm, uh, and then literally thirty seconds later, Marcus Smith steps inside him, wallop, high tackle, swinging arm to the head. Pretty ugly. So he's very lucky, actually. He'll get a ban. He'll, I reckon he'll get a six-weeker for it or something like that. But he's lucky that Wasps dominated and still got the win. Go on, Wasps. They were impressive, Wasps. All right, well, that finishes our, our rugby pod for today. We do have um, a review, so don't forget to um, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, and uh, review us on iTunes, which is what uh, James Nicholson has done. Uh, loving the pod, fellas. Keeps me connected to rugby during the farming life in the Zambian bush. A question on Six Nations coaches. Ego, i.e. Gatlin and Jones, or humility, O'Shea or Townsend. What's your preference from a player's or pundit's point of view? Uh, I think you need you need a bit of both. You need balance. Of course, listen, Eddie Jones pre-game and everyone's going, oh, why is he going at Patchell? He's doing it for a reason. Well, he I thought the, the stuff before... He just controlled the narrative. Yeah. So he that's what he does is he's 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 steering the media into talking about something, which mm. then is is steering them away from other things and from mainly his about team. his who how many people talked about England's players that week? I all I heard was Eddie Jones, Patchell, and Adam Wynn. Yeah. Yeah, that I didn't hear it. anything else. And as a player, I think it's a great place to be when all the all the heat's taken off you in that week of a big game. So I thought that was all right, but I agree with you. After the match, it, I think a bit more composure from him. He won, his team played very well. But he still was sort of caught up on some of the small things about what had, what who had offended him or jibed him by by their reactions or questioning of him and and I just think mate your team is playing really well you should just rise above it and, yeah. and move on and, and set the next trap for the next game with 100%. the media media comment that you're going to do and James Nicholson has finished that off by saying oh and come and do a live show in Zambia Lusaka would welcome you Zambia mm. mate I'm down let's go yeah. Zambia um, and you can check out eventbrite.co.uk for tickets to our live shows we still have tickets to Wednesday's show next week in Edinburgh uh, love to see you there and looking forward to it rugby pod rugby pod Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, Corbs. Can I take a quick second just to say that I also have a, a podcast, not as, you know, producer this or as not popular as, loose. as yours. Not, not as, as loose. Not as loose, but I do do it every week. It's called The Scrum Down. It's all over my social medias if you follow me at Alex Corbs. And, um, you know, it's it's different, a bit different than this, different little niche, but if, it's worth a listen if you liked what we talked about today Certainly as well. is, good stuff. No, cool. thanks, guys, for having me. i really, really big fans of all that you've done, and I think you're smashing it. Cheers, thanks Corbs. very much. Cheers, Cheers for coming on the show, Corbs. Wrap it out, Cheers, pod, pod, pod. pod.